Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us. It is Monday, August 28th. Can you believe it? We are now at the end, the home stretch, as it were, of August and heading into September which means that we will also be meeting on Wednesday this week to do a show with Tam Bayou of the Energy Almanac uh, as we take a look ahead at what September's astrology will bring for us. And to be quite honest, I have not even had time to look ahead at, at September, so I'm going to have to be doing some dives, <laughs> deep dives over the next couple of days so that I will be ready uh, to chat with you and uh, Tam all about what is happening. Now, of course, the biggest news of the week is the super blue full moon coming on Wednesday. Uh, but also today, Uranus turning into retrograde form. And let's see, that happens at 4.55 p.m. my time today. So later in the afternoon, early in the evening uh, for those of you on the East Coast. So we have changes going on that are kind of huge when we talk about Uranus because he tends to bring out the contrarian in us. He tends to do things in a way we don't expect. So it, I could tell you to expect the unexpected. And then we have this full moon, one of the closest full moon approaches to the earth this year. And it's also a blue moon. And a blue moon just means the second full moon in a month. We had the first one on August 1st. And because August is a fairly long month, you just got to know we're going to have another one. And August 30th is our blue moon. So good morning to those of you who are joining us right now. I saw Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel first thing this morning, and she had the wonderful reminder about hitting the like button. So it's up there on the screen. Thank you so much, Debbie. And of course, all of us are praying for you and all of your neighbors and fellow uh, humans in Florida, as apparently Hurricane Idalia is taking aim at your part of the state. Let's just pray for peace. I'm a little concerned because the date that she's meant to hit uh, looks like August 30th, the day of the full moon in Pisces, water, lots of water. So that might be something you want to take a, uh, be aware of, at least in that Florida panhandle, northern Florida area. Um, Tom, good morning to you. And Christine, hello. And Julie, it's good to have you with us. And uh, I'm sure J-Lo, there's you. And Debbie says, this year is flying. It is. It's all the years seem to fly. Uh, good morning, Corey. And everybody's got their prayers up. I like that, Christine, the way you said that, prayers up. Um, I was sitting here this morning in short sleeves. And yesterday we had, like this weekend, we had hot weather. Hot at, for us. I mean, it was 75 uh, at my house. 85 at the further inland you went and this morning it is 58 degrees and i had all my windows open because it was still warm when i went to bed last night so that is why you see me in a sweater not because it's necessarily freezing here but a whole lot different from uh the days uh before <laughs> this one so anyway i hope everybody's doing well had a great weekend pam good morning to you as well and we are, like I said, looking ahead at a week that might be a little bit crazy 
but that's okay, right? Crazy's on the bus and we're getting used to the crazy, right? It doesn't seem so crazy anymore uh, when we have these things that are just kind of piled one upon the other uh, aspects that are going on. So uh, this week we have, like I said, yesterday we had Mars moving into Libra. I don't know if you felt that change, right? Mars moving into a new sign changes the way that we work together uh, or the way that we work. In this case, we're moving Mars into a sign that he wasn't that happy in. It's a sign where we have, you know, diplomacy, we have tact, we have teamwork, collaboration and co-creation and cooperation. And Mars is kind of a lone wolf maverick. You know, he's a, he kind of wants us to follow him and do, you know, his business. Um, but now we have, you know, slowing him down. So we have some possible frustration uh, all the way until October 12th while he is in the sign of Libra. But on the other hand, it does give us um, opportunities to move more through uh, the things that cause us to, co to collaborate or to cooperate with one another, or to build teamwork. So we might see some more um, opportunities out there for us to come together with others uh, in a collaborative uh, sort of way. Um, we might also see attempts in the outer world by our politicians in particular, because they're the ones that jump up in my mind, uh, to get along, <laughs> to solve problems. Uh, but I would still expect that there might be some conflicts under the surface because everything is still fairly polarized out there in the world. Uh, so that was yesterday. Today, we start the week with the moon having moved just about a half an hour ago into the sign of Aquarius. And the moon in Aquarius is surprisingly interesting, right? I, I really love the feel when the moon is in Aquarius because it's fringy. It brings up things and possibilities and ideas and inspiration that are not of the norm. In fact, they're quite outside of the norm, different odd, maybe, unique, eccentric. These are all words that we can use uh, to describe the moon while it is transiting through the sign of Aquarius. Now, in the moon representing our inner selves, but also our emotional selves, we might feel different, odd, all day, up and down, right, for the next couple of days. We might feel like we're going off on a tangent, right, going off in a direction we didn't expect. We may uh, sudden have sudden shifts in ideas or in actions. That's just kind of the way that we have to move through the next few days. And again, because it's Aquarius and Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, we have the expect the unexpected, right? Different things. Um, brilliance and genius is also a part of the moon in Aquarius. So tapping in to that core genius that is you, is yours, right? The, the part of you that no one else can be, right? <laughs> the you that no one else can be. Uh, so tapping into that for all of us. It is also a time of friends and friendships, uh, the circles of friends that we have, not just the, you know, networks of friends, but the circles that we run in. So for example, our associations, that could be your clubs, that could be your community events, that could be um, the, the group, the community of people that you meet with on a regular basis or whatever it is that you, whoever it is that you hang out with, the moon here brings our need to be more engaged with others, but also networking. 
So we also have networking that pops up with Gemini, Gemini, a fellow air sign to uh, Aquarius, and then also Libra, an air sign. So we have air sign energy that prompts us to get together with others, to share ideas, to share inspiration. And certainly with the moon moving through Aquarius, we have this need to connect with others on a certain level of ideas. We might be coming together for a cause, right, to help put together sandbags in a place like Florida where there's, you know, a hurricane bearing down on them to help board up windows, things like that, coming together for a cause. But it doesn't have to be that kind of, you know, catastrophic, impending, uh, doom kind of cause either. It could be coming together uh, if for a cause to do something creative or to do something of service. Service is certainly a word that is important now with the sun in Virgo and with a new, uh, a full moon coming uh, to us via Pisces and Virgo later this week. So maybe it's that. There's also innovation and invention here. The moon in Aquarius sees things differently and is also open-minded enough to have breakthroughs happen. Uh, I think of breakthroughs, uh, you know, years and years and years ago, I had a Uranus moon in Aquarius moment uh, when I was at a picnic, a community picnic of all things with a friend. My kids were younger and they were all on a playground. So I was sitting on the rim around the playground, watching the kids play and chit-chatting with my friend who got up to go to the restroom. And while she was gone, it was like a bolt of lightning came in and uh, gave me, sparked within me an idea. And I only had a little ATM receipt. You know, I don't know if you guys still go to ATMs. I, I'm never at an ATM, but the, they spit out these little pieces of paper with your balance and so forth on one side. It was blank on the other. And that's all I had in my purse with a pen. And I wrote down the whole plan for what was to become Mystic Moon, uh, which was the metaphysical bookstore that I and my friend opened uh, way back in 2004. And uh, what fun it was to have that level of aha moment. And at the time, I wasn't necessarily an astrologer. I hadn't gotten there yet. So I didn't have a clue where that was coming from or uh, why suddenly it happened. But there it was, right? Uh, that is what is possible at this moment, right? Some boom idea, thunderstruck, right? Of something that might... Uh, create a breakthrough to the future for each one of us. And it doesn't always happen that way, right? Every month the moon moves through Aquarius and we don't always have, you know, those brilliant ideas. But how often does the planet that rules Aquarius, Uranus, change directions on the same day that the moon has moved in there? So it, to me, it seems like the conditions are right for some kind of breakthrough moment for us here today, but maybe even in the next couple of days. Um, in the sign of Aquarius, the moon has to take a bit of a detached view because the moon is emotions, right? And our emotions can be very triggered when the moon moves through certain signs. And in this particular sign, the, the gift is objectivity, the, the ability to step back and to see in 
without being so emotionally invested in something. So this is a great opportunity for the next few days for us to practice detachment, not detachment in a way that says, I don't care, or it's not my business, but one that allows us to step back and see in with clearer vision, right? Or with, with, um, an eye to, is this something that I need to be involved with or not, right? Is this right for me? Is this not right for me? So that detached view. But also when we step back, then we can see the connections that are made between us and the event perhaps, or us ourselves and others, or if there's a problem that requires a solution, the ability to be detached or to step back. Another word we could use is to be aloof, right? Not to be so emotionally engaged. Then we can see how things might better work together. Maybe we see new solutions, new ways of being. So it's an interesting thing to be sure to uh, be able to detach from the emotional connection. And a little bit later, uh, when I start talking about the full moon, you're, I'm going to show you the graphic of the human design chart because the emotional center is lit up. And it's going to be interesting to see how things change from today and tomorrow into Wednesday night when the moon moves off into the sign of Pisces. And that is the sign of emotional sensitivity, right? So emotional, psychic uh, sensitivity. So let's see, we have the moon today in Aquarius, tomorrow all day in Aquarius, and also until 6.57 a.m. on Wednesday morning Pacific time, so that uh, later in the afternoon, evening, uh, that is when the full moon will take place in the sign of Pisces, and then we have the moon in Pisces until... Friday and the weekend puts us with the moon in Aries. Now, a reminder, this weekend coming up is a three-day weekend, Labor Day weekend. I will not be on air on Monday the 4th, uh, as I will most likely be out of town until later that day. So I'm sorry today, but you have extra day this week with me, Wednesday and also on Friday. So I'll make up for it by doing that. All right. Now, as well today, Uranus is moving into retrograde. And we talked a lot about that on Friday, but I just wanted to kind of review, touch on that a little bit. When Uranus turns retrograde, one of the most proactive things that we can do, because that's what it's all about, right? Being proactive. What can we do? How can we handle uh, the challenges that come up? And with Uranus in retrograde, we tend to have more of a contrarian nature come up within us. And forever, Uranus is the rebel. <laughs> There's just no getting away from Uranus being the planet of the rebel or the revolutionary. But the purpose behind being a rebel or between behind a revolution is to have a purpose. There's a purpose and we're changing the paradigm. We're upgrading our relationships. We are changing the system. We are applying innovation in uh, all in technology or in medical or in our relationships, all kinds of things. And those all sort of engender some sort of purpose, right? There's a purpose behind those changes. What we want to avoid is just throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? Those changes that we can sometimes make just because, right? Just because. So in uh, all good conscience, then this becomes a time for us to really question our beliefs 
uh, our our stances on everything from politics to religion to uh, technology to you name it on and on and on all these different categories in our lives. Uh, we may want to take a look ahead at what are some of the scientific developments that are taking place. What are some of the more innovative technologies that are coming forth? We might want to question things like the uh, purpose behind AI and uh, what's its purpose? What? Why do we need AI? And how far should we go with AI? Now, I know that's a lot to put on one Uranus retrograde, but if we don't question, then we don't have any real power in, in changing the course or the direction that something is taking. So it might be a time for us to really stand up and reconnect to that part of us that really wants to um, see change, but change in a purposeful direction, not in a willy-nilly way that ends up, you know, aiming us right at disaster. So this will also be a good time for us maybe to take up a humanitarian cause, something near and dear to your heart, not just something you join for the sake of joining, but something that really makes, uh, you know, a heart connection for you. Um, distance yourself from the destructive and disruptive people in your lives. That's a great thing to do under Uranus retrograde. Get away from those that want to bring you down. Now, this can be difficult for some of you who have open identity centers in your human design. The identity center is the diamond shaped thing, uh, center that sits right in the center of your human design. If it's colored in yellow, you have a defined identity. In other words, you know who you are. You have an inborn compass. Everybody does. But if that identity center is opened, you readily identify with the people around you. And if those people around you are of a high caliber energy, then great. That's how you see yourself. But if you surround yourself by people who are more destructive or who are negative or who don't really uphold truth and love and, and joy, then you also see yourself as that, right? Not being joyful, not being truthful, not being worthy, not being lovable. So take the time right now to take a look at what it is or who it is that's bringing chaos into your life and or into your world and um, look at what the bang for your buck is. Why is that person there? And why do you keep allowing that person to put um, chaos, injecting chaos into your life, right? Um, sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it's a family member. Wow, right? And if it's a family member, then we also have all the shoulds, right? It's my sister, so I should be there for her. It's my brother, so I should take care of him, right? The shoulds, uh, they can keep us locked into patterns that need to be rebelled against maybe or revolutionized in our lives. So uh, we have to watch out for uh, all of these types of things that have kept us caught up in an old paradigm because Uranus retrograde allows us the space to go inward and to look at those uh, beliefs that we hold um, that are holding us to a past, right? And we do this not just individually. This is actually a collective planet 
This planet is the first of the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, outer planets that are really about the collective. Well, that means it's not so much the individual focus, but it's the collective focus. But as you're a part of the collective, it can also impact you and how it is that you are interacting with everyone uh, in, in the world out there. Okay. And if you have any questions about how Uranus is going or in retrograde will impact you, uh, you can write that in the comments uh, or you can email those to me. Uh, later after the show, and I can answer those maybe on Wednesday. Now, remember, Uranus is in the sign of Taurus along with Jupiter. So you have both the principles of growth and expansion, optimism, seeing the bigger picture, and Uranus's ability to change things on a dime, to turn in a new direction or to upend uh, everything that's been going on. In the sign of Taurus that rules the economy and our money, how we earn our earning power, our self-worth, our confidence, and those things may be in for an upending. Again, not, not to be, you know, in fear or worried about those things, but to know that those things may be a part of the experience. Uh, does natal Uranus retrograde make any difference? Well, I'd say yes and no, uh, Christine, because you're, if you have Uranus retrograde in your natal chart, you're already used to life being upended. You're already used to that uh, feeling within you of the contrarian. I'm different. I'm going in a different direction. The herd is moving to the right and I'm moving to the left. So that's already a part of your uh, your visceral self, who you are, and uh, likely you know, a plan that was put in place at the soul level for you to be different, to carry the the, the road less traveled, let's say, um, because maybe in a previous lifetime, you were a conformist and thought, you know, this lifetime, let's try on nonconformism and see how that plays, right? So it feels like in a Uranus retrograde in your natal chart, that the more you try to fit in, the less you fit in, and the more you don't fit in, the more authentic and uh, unique you feel, the better you feel about yourself. Uh, so you, it's not something new for you necessarily, because there's always that sort of upside down look. And a lot of you out there may have Uranus retrograde in your natal chart because he spends upwards of four and a half to five months in retrograde. Like right now he's in retrograde until January or when he turns retrograde today. Uh, and this being August at September, October, November, December, January, five months of retrograde Uranus. So it's a good chance. Most of some of you out there have Uranus retrograde in your natal chart, and this won't feel too much different for you. In fact, you may come to value, love, and adore the uniqueness that you are during this period of time, or you might have more opportunities to really express that uniqueness uh, to others out in the world. That was a really good question, Christine. Thanks for asking that. Um, good morning, Systematic Arts. I'm not sure what your first name is, but it's, uh, we're glad to have you with us. Julie, treat yourself says boundaries. That's going to be an interesting conversation about the super moon, blue moon, full moon occurring on Wednesday, uh, which we'll get into here in just a minute. Uh, okay, so any uh, other questions, let me know. Uh, so Uranus retrograde today, nothing big tomorrow. I don't believe tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 29th. We have the moon in Aquarius. 
it's nothing big in terms of a change, anything like that. Oh, my own natal chart, my sun will be conjunct Pluto, the sun. No, it won't. Yes, it will. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, fun, fun stuff. Let's talk about the super moon, shall we? So what makes a super moon? Um, and you're going to, you hear a lot about it, right? We, it, it seems to be a buzzword as well as blue moon. <laughs> and then when we have a super moon, that's also a blue moon, full moon, then we hear double buzz about it, right? So essentially a super moon just means it is one of the moons where the moon is a, a close approach to the earth within 90% of the closest approach it ever makes to the earth, which means that when that moon rises, it seems bigger. It seems closer, right? It's an optical illusion because it, it, well, I guess part of it's an optical illusion, but the other part of it is that the moon is a little bit closer than it is usually. And that means that the tides are also higher and lower, right? And that means that the effects of the water on the planet, the effects of water within you, because you're about 75% water, those tides are also running higher and lower, which means that we may be feeling more emotional or less emotional, right? Either one, the Pisces end where the moon is brings in the emotion, the Virgo end at the other side brings out, takes out the emotion, steps back a little bit from the fray the sun being in Virgo, the moon being in Pisces. Now, this supermoon blue moon occurs at 6.36 p.m. Pacific time, 9.36 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, 1.36 in the morning of August 31st, if you are in the universal time zone and beyond. So we have a little bit of a split here. So all of the U.S. experiencing it on the 30th and from Europe further east, experiencing it on the 31st, or it will be the 31st for you. Now, the uh, next thing we take a look at in a full moon is because a full moon, the mechanics of the full moon is the sun and the moon in an opposition, right? They are at opposite points of the earth. And we see that then in the moon as being fully in its light, fully reflective of the sun's light. So that brightness out there at night from the moon is the reflection of the sun's light, right? So if you think about it like that, we're like, oh, okay, so the inner reflection of all of the sun's energy. And this particular axis that the full moon will be across, because remember, it's an axis, there's an opposition going on, will be across Virgo and Pisces, the sun in Virgo, the moon in Pisces, and this is the service axis of the chart, right? Every axis in uh, the astrology uh, chart has a theme to it, and the theme across here is service. In the physical uh, Virgo realm, it's the actions that we take in the physical world, the act of uh, sharing our gifts and our talents with others, um, our work with others. And in Pisces, it's our spiritual um, service, right? How we um, how we serve source or the collective, perhaps, or how we serve our higher selves, the purpose of our higher self being here. And so what we see uh, at the Virgo end is the need to balance the finite, right? The, the the physical expression of something. And we need to balance between our health and our routines and um, our habits 
and balancing order, very Virgoan traits, right? Against the Piscean vision, the uh, concept of the infinite, of spirituality and spiritual service and spiritual health and disorder. And th those are the things that we're having to balance during this full moon. Now, full moons are often revelatory, right? There's something, you know, some new awareness, consciousness comes into play, right? With the new moon, we have the potential to start something new. With the full moon, we have the potential to see what might we need to change in order to keep moving with that energy of the new that we created, right? So we're, it, it has new energy still associated with it, but it's new energy that comes with the aha moment or the revelation or the completion of something. And we see now what the next steps might be. To me, the full moon sort of feels generator-like when we talk about the generators who are taking an action step and then the next step is revealed and then the next step is revealed and uh, taking it, you know, one step at a time and moving forward. So when we think of the lunation from the new moon to the full moon and back again, it would be a series of steps along the way that bring us closer to the manifesting of the intention that we set with that new moon or with whatever it is we started at that new moon. So it's a little bit different way to look at it. But in this case, because it's so bright, because it's so full, and because it's the second opportunity of the month for us to see that uh, clarity, who knows what it is that might come to you during this period of time. It could be life-shaking in a good way. Doesn't I don't mean that in a negative way, but you know, there's always that possibility too, especially if we haven't been listening or we haven't been doing the, the work that our hearts are calling us to. Um, but I really feel like this is more of a, a really positive expression, albeit there are some interesting uh, connections being made if you take the chart of the full moon, and I'm going to break that down as well. Now, when we look at the human design aspect of the full moon, what we have is the sun sitting at the gate 40 and the earth sitting at the gate 37. And it would be the earth and the moon in a conjunction, essentially, in an opposition to the sun that create the channel 4037. So I'm going to actually show my screen here um, because it doesn't happen all that often that we have a full moon at the same time we have it connected up in a channel in our human design charts. So right here, we're looking at the 4037. If you can see my little hand moving around here, the 40 is a gate that sits on the ego, heart, will center, whichever word that you use to call that one. And we have the 37 sitting at the emotional solar plexus. So we already know there's an emotional component because we knew Pisces is an emotional component. We also know that the sun in Virgo is um, also the physical component. In this case, it has the energy of the will and the gate 40 is called the gate of restoration. This, uh, or sometimes called the gate of loneliness. So the sun tends to call us into, a, in this, uh, at gate 40, calls us into a, a oneness kind of space, uh, an individual space. 
And what I mean by that is it is uh, an energy that is about our being ourselves, right? Being the individual as a part of the collective. So the gate 40 also uh, is a gate where we have to slow it down and create a space for, for rest and relaxation in a way to be able to restore our energies. So it's interesting to see the moon, or I mean, see the sun is calling us to a healthy habit of creating restoration for each one of us. Now, the earth and the moon will be over here at the 37, which is called the gate of harmony sometimes, the gate of peace sometimes. And it is an energy of the emotion of peace, right? So we have peace. When we look at the whole of this channel that the moon and sun will be inhabiting, this channel is sometimes called the channel of agreements, or the channel of administration, which is so not sexy, right? That is so not necessarily a name that engenders any specific idea of what it is. Uh, but the channel of administration is really about the agreements that we make between ourselves and others. So that might mean like the marriage contract uh, or agreement to hold truths uh, according to the vows that you speak during that ceremony. It might be the agreements and contracts that we sign um, between ourselves and a business or a corporation. It could be the agreements that we make among friends or among uh, partners that are unspoken as well, right? Unspoken agreements come here. And this is also a channel where we break agreements and where broken agreements become broken hearts potentially here, right? Because we join this up to the broken heart or to the heart center uh, at the gate of loneliness, right? Alone again, naturally, right? Um, so this is an interesting energy. We could call it the energy of family, of community, uh, of uh, group energy. And it's instilled in us that a group is born in peace and harmony and we need to continue to try to keep that peace and harmony by holding up to the agreements that we've made within the community or the group when one party does not um believe the, the that the rules apply to them and they don't uphold the vows or the agreement uh then problem can occur a problem can occur right a breakup if you will or a parting of the ways. So for this full moon, it really is interesting that we're all taking a look at those agreements that we've made. And I want to remind you that sometimes those unspoken agreements, the reasons why we just keep doing the same thing over and over again is because we haven't looked at it as this is a possible way to change. If I haven't signed my name to the contract, then I can change the rules. Even if I have signed my name in the contract, we are free to rewrite, renegotiate the contracts that we've made, the agreements that we've made. So what we want to avoid is the stepping out of the vow, the contract, the agreement without having had the conversation with the other parties involved, party or parties involved. This energy is so far away from the throat center, right? It doesn't connect directly to the throat center. You know, there are three other gates that would eventually get it to the throat center. Here's the throat. 
um, but nothing directly. So we have to work at the communication in the agreements that we are making. Now this again, agreements, but in personal agreements, right between you and another person, an agreement between you and a community, the agreements that the collective have been a part of, right? We have all on this planet at this time been a, um, a party to the collective energy of greed. Now, you probably don't think about how you've agreed to be a part of this contract or this agreement, but you have, we all have. So we can we shake that up? Can we change that agreement? And there are lots of those kinds of agreements where we don't think of ourselves as have entering into a contract or an agreement. Uh, we just play by the rules that have been established for that, whatever that is, right? She who gets the most toys wins, right? Competition. The spirit of competition lies in this center, this heart center. The, um, the idea that we have to always be working to get ahead lies in this unspoken agreement here. And sometimes it's a spoken agreement, right? We agree when we sign our names on a credit card or a loan uh, to you know, buy something um, that we're going to pay for that in some way or some form, right? So that is a sort of tacit agreement to participate in capitalism, maybe in consumerism, maybe it's all a part of, of this planet. And we don't, we can't get away from it because there are these agreements, but we can change the agreements. Right, we can say to another person, "Hey, I've been doing your laundry every week for uh, 20 years, and it's time you learn how to do your own laundry. Let me teach you how." We can change that agreement, and that's a sort of minor idea, but that is what the sun and moon are bringing to us through human design. And interesting because Saturn is involved with the full moon, and I'm going to talk about that more in a minute. And Saturn is sitting also in the emotional center at the gate 55, the spirit of abundance, right? This is faith in the benevolent, abundant nature of the universe, that we are a part of the co-creative processes here on the planet. And it's interesting because that co-creative energy doesn't live up here in the head. It doesn't live here on the sacral. It doesn't happen to be anything about what we do or about what we think. It has everything to do with how we feel, our emotional alignment with something in order to have it or to create it or to align with it. Okay, so 55 Saturn and Saturn in the uh, full moon uh, on Wednesday is in a conjunction to the moon which I find interesting. You don't see the conjunction here in your human design uh, because it's more sensitive to the degrees, but we do see there's a sort of joining of this energy of peace and harmony and agreements to abundance, to faith in a higher power and in our co-creative abilities. It's kind of, it makes so much sense if you step back from it and look at it from that point of view. And then I also uh, noted here that Neptune has been in a long-term transit of the gate 36, which engenders restlessness, boredom, jadedness, jaded, like, you know, in my experiences, 
um, and I'm going to show you like this came up for a lot of people just the other day. And in a conversation that I was having on different occasions with different people that uh, last week about not wanting to come back to this planet, not wanting to be here anymore, not necessarily ready to leave, like, you know, um, uh, die, but a very clear um, <laughs> awareness of why am I here and why would I ever come back? Right. Which is kind of the jaded expression of the experiences that we are having, right? Neptune experiences. We don't know why certain things are happening or why does this keep happening? Or are we ever going to get out of this, this crazy feeling energy? And of course, Neptune is long-term at this gate, does not leave this gate this year. So we have some longer period of time where we're experiencing that, that feeling of craziness that leads us to some leads us at times to feel jaded and to feel upset about the experiences that we're having being disempowered as it were to understand what is happening in the grand scheme of things so thus a couple of us saying i am not wanting to come back here again <laughs> of course <laughs> on the soul level i will probably have a completely different idea of what it is that i'm doing uh, but I wanted to share this with you because the emotional center is so activated now. And that tells us a lot about what we are having to learn. And that is about the evolving uh, nature of uh, emotional energy. Forgot to plug my laptop in. Boom. There we go. All right. Any questions about the human design aspects of this full moon that's upcoming? Uh, let me look back here. Good morning, Asa. So glad to see you. Amanda J. Hello. Great to see you too. Hi, Teddy. Patty says, good morning. She is attentively watching. I love it. I am seeing my sister-in-law get better and better. I love that. It's been a long, long road for uh, the family, including her. Terry Strauss. Good morning to you. JLo says, 37 is my EQ right? Emotional quotient. I always think of the EQ as the emotional quotient. Learning about peace and harmony, creating that in your life. Uh, Tom says, what makes a super moon a phone booth? Like Superman? No, 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 no. Just the closeness of it to the planet Earth. Uh, okay, so how about that mystic moon, sweetie? I know I miss those days, TJ. Asa, hello, Janet. Do your own laundry, LOL, right? Do your own laundry. Cook your own meals. Get out of you know the house on your own time. Don't make me responsible for taking care of you. I love that. Uh, okay, so Tom says, uh, do we need to fold our own laundry too? Yes fold your own laundry, or if you don't bother to fold your laundry, then don't do it. It's up to you, right? Don't make someone else responsible for it. Asa says, what if you have 2551 defined in your human design? So in your human design, then if we go back, let, let's go back to that uh, presentation. I'll share that screen again. Chart presentation. So what you're saying is that the 51 to the 25 is defined. And then that means that it turns on these three centers from the emotional center to the heart center to the identity center. 
But note, it still doesn't take it to the throat center yet. You're either going to need a 2145 to bring it up. You're going to need the 13 to the 33, the 1 to the 8, the 7 to the 31 to bring the emotional energy, the energy of agreements up to the throat. So it, it stands to reason then that agreements and contracts are not one-sided right? Because unless you happen to have that straight line, and most people will not have that straight line, Asa, you, I think, do because something makes it to the throat. I can't remember because I know you're a manifester and manifestors, you must have a defined throat. Um, something's making it to the throat center for you. In most cases, it's going to be us and another person or us and a transiting planet. So agreements and contracts don't happen in a vacuum. They happen between partners or they happen between groups or communities, that type of thing. So I hope that answers your question, right? 25 to 51 is a channel of higher consciousness. So you're taking the idea of contracts, agreements and community and family to a higher consciousness level. And that might mean that times, Miss Asa, you stand above um, oh, and I don't mean that in a, in a uh, hierarchical way. I mean that you might, your concept of how life should be and how people should get along stands apart, perhaps, from the way that other people in your family uh, or in your friend circle or in your community um, believe that that works, right? They may not participate in the same higher consciousness way as you do, but that that is okay, right? Somehow the agreement's been made perhaps with you and others to, to be that so that you would see how you could stand apart, how you could be in a higher consciousness, how you could awaken more fully to higher consciousness. I hope that makes sense and answers your question because I did kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent. <laughs> Uh, Asa has the 1333, the storyteller. I mean, when plain and simple, that is about sharing the story of humanity. Um, it, it's got a very historian sort of, of piece. So you're holding some part of the history of your family, maybe rewriting the story as well in some response, in some respects. So uh, JLo says, I have a defined throat center. How will it affect me? It depends on what defines your throat, JLo. So if it is, for example, the sacral that moves to the throat, uh, it isn't going to be impactful in the same way because you're already impacted by that already, right? That if you're a manifest, that would make you a manifesting generator and you would have the archetype of having to respond to opportunities to people um, at, that show up in your outer world. And then it takes that energy up to the throat for manifesting. Um, so unless there's a connection from the sacral to the emotional, so that would be only through the 59.6, I believe, or through some other chaotic way that that could happen, it really wouldn't be impacting you any differently than it does on any other day. Uh, JLo, please remember to hit the like button. Thank you for that reminder. I also have that up on the screen. Uh, let's just show that one for her. Remember to hit the like button, support the broadcast, share it with your friends, your families, your networks, your social medias. Uh, then that's very helpful to the work that I do. Thank you. Teddy J, Saturn is going to be to the left of the moon. And with the binoculars, you can see the rings. 
That's what King 5 is saying, the news here in Seattle. Let's hope we have a vision of it. It's supposed to rain today, tomorrow, and the next day. So, but those of you who don't live in the Pacific Northwest who are cloud-free, Debbie, that probably won't include you either uh, with a hurricane bearing down on you. Uh, do as TJ says, take a look out there through binoculars, but likely you would be able to see it anyway. Uh, Saturn will be fairly dim in the light of that full moon, but it will still be there nonetheless. Uh, JLo says, I also have Uranus retrograde in the chart and it's at Scorpio zero degrees. So you are adopting Scorpio. Gosh, you know what the picture I got in my mind of that degree was, um, what is her name? The Joan of Arc. I got that picture, the, the martyr. And the trick, of course, is to master yourself enough to not be the martyr, but to be able to hold the truth and to make the change by releasing the old and uh, moving forward. That's kind of what I think that zero degrees does. Asa, yes, you did answer my question. Lovely. And uh, Terry, when all gates are open, right? Terry is our resident uh, reflector in human design, which if you are a reflector, you are in the rarest uh, type of all. It is only, well, it is less than 1% of the population, which means that like the full moon, Terry, you are a reflection of the energies that complete for you at this time. Now, suddenly, Terry, you'll, you will have a defined will center, heart center, and a defined emotional center, which normally they're open, but because the sun and the moon will form that channel, you will have that ability to help rewrite agreements or to see where the um, uh, community family needs to make changes perhaps in some way, uh, where you might need to have more time alone, right? That So that you can reflect on what your desires are, who you want to be in all of that. And um, then as the sun or as the moon moves off that degree or out of that, that gate, that connection will be broken, right? That's the nature. Every day is a new day for you, Terry, basically, right? Because new things are becoming defined. Every person you come into contact helps you define something in your own chart or in your own being. So that can make it very difficult for you to always know who you are because you're always reflecting um, everybody else's energies. So when you're emotional, whose emotions are you reflecting, right? Because you don't have the emotional center defined at all. So you're not broadcasting your own emotions. So whose emotions are you tapping into? The collective, your grandson, your daughter, your sons, what are son-in-law, who, who's your husband, <laughs> friends, uh, your client. Uh, so this is what makes you particularly good at being a medium and being psychically aware, but it is also what can cause a lot of upset if you don't remember that you're reflecting something from the outer world. I hope that's helpful. Uh, Joan of Arc is where Joan got the name. I know my mother-in-law who passed in 2007 was actually a grand, several times, niece of Joan of Arc. That's why she had the middle name Jeanne d'Arc 
uh, French for Joan of Arc. So duo dame, I'm late, but how important do you think these grand earth trines are? Recently, the moon, the sun, Mercury, Mars, Uranus, and Pluto, all in earth. You know, those earth grand trines bring home to us as individuals the need to build something or to uh, use our gifts and our talents in practical earthly ways. So many times people in the spiritual community, and I hear it all the time, and it's most annoying, you know, they're all in the woo, 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 out here, woo. Um, but none of that does us any good if we don't embody it somehow, if we don't bring it into the real. So the grand trines in earth are really helping us to bring it into the real. What is the boots on the ground, feet on the earth, aspects or, or things that I can do, action steps, goals that I can actually work through to be the embodiment of these spiritual things. So we talk a lot about spirit, but the sun in Virgo playing one of the roles in the grand trine right now is to bring all of that into the reality, right? Pisces, Virgo, Axis, the unreality of uh, the surreal of Pisces meets the sun's visceral connection to grounding, to practical, to the earth right? Bringing it down into the earth, embodying spirit. You are all an embodied spirit, right? You all have a soul and you're embodying the divine, but you're walking, your feet are planted, Piscean feet planted on the earth. It's amazing. If you really just think about that whole connection to these earth signs, right? Time for us to be in the body, doing our divine work, doing our individual divine work. All right. And yes, Christine, I will make time to pull a card for the collective. Now let's go through a couple of the other things that are happening at this particular full moon. I went to the Sabian symbols, you know, I love them, right? I love to see the weird words that are going to come out. And the moon in Pisces is a girl blowing a bugle which is a call to participation in the service to humanity uh, as an evolutionary uh, crisis approaches. While those words feel a little bit stilted to me, and they are because Dane Rujar, of course, lived in another time than the time we are in at this moment, um, it, it is the same thing that we talk about where that we are in the midst of a big change, a transformation on the planet. And it takes all of us utilizing our skills, utilizing our talents to complete the tapestry that is humanity, right? If we cut out uh, certain people or we cut out certain groups, then there's a big hole in the tapestry and it doesn't hold its integrity. So we're really learning to transform toward understanding how we all fit together, even if we're different, even if you are uh, a different religion, a different political belief, a different sex, a different way of, of being engaged with sex, all a different race. I mean, it's all a part of the tapestry and to not have one means that the whole is missing something. So interesting time, right, for all of this. Uh, so we're also learning about the emotional connection between the individual and the collective, right? You have impact on people. 
so your emotions have impact on people like Terry, totally open to your emotions, to my emotions, right? Um, this is basically seems like a summons to uh, a rebirth, a humanity rebirth. Uh, it's a call to action, a call to action to serve, to show up in your most loving, highest capacity to share your part with the world. Uh, and that world might just be with a spouse. That world might just be with your family, could be with a community, could be with a broadcast. It, that part doesn't matter. It's you showing up as you in the world. The world needs you, not, not you trying to be someone else, right? Okay. Uh, now the sun in Virgo is, uh, it says a, a five-year-old child takes a first dance lesson. And this one is so obvious is, you know, we're learning to use our emotional energy in very physical expression, sun, Virgo, physical dance is really an expression of emotional energy, right? When we let go to the music, to the rhythm, right? Our individuality comes in our self-expression, right? Our self-expression impacts the collective. And here we also have to be willing to learn something new. We're like five-year-olds who are wide-eyed and wonder and going to school and meeting new people and learning new things and making new connections. So we're like five-year-olds, but we have to be willing to learn something new and then to practice our new knowledge, our new wisdom, to make it perfected, to perfect it. And our high, higher order skills, our higher spirituality in the embodiment of the human, um, is where our talents can be revealed, where our talents can be unveiled even in a way that helps people in the moment. So interesting uh, view from there. And then I also took a picture here. I mean, don't mind all my notes written on there, but I want you to notice this uh, pink T-square. The T-square is always highly energetic. It is a call for change. It is a call for transformation really. And it's almost like unbearable to not change right? That's worse than making the change. And it's pointed at our fair friend Pluto up here uh, at 28 degrees of Capricorn with the nodes making, forming the axis across at 20, almost 26 uh, degrees. So we have this idea that transformation is afoot, but remember the whole axis of the North node and South node is pushing us to claim our own identity and to share it in a cooperative way on the planet. So the, the full moon seems to be restating the same concept in many different ways. We also have a yod. The yod is here in green. The form of the base is between Neptune and Uranus. So we have spiritual hierarchy here and we have energy of change, of, of the rebel, of revolution pointed as the finger of God, we call it, at the part of fortune, but also at the south node following our hearts. It is extraordinary, actually, when you think about that, because a yacht always forces us to change in some way. It forces us to sacrifice, to adapt to changing circumstances. And the changing, the adaption that we must make is to completely follow our hearts, our personal paths, not give it away in terms of uh, letting you know, what other people want from you to hold sway or doing you know, or saying things just to make others happy, but making yourself happy, 
doing you and not trying to be something to someone else. I hope all of that makes sense. Yes, there is that yod there. Uh, so there's a yod, there's a T-square, there's the opposition, obviously, with the sun and moon. Uh, Saturn's presence here, uh, seriousness adds to this moon. Emotional wisdom needing to be expressed in this moon. Abundance because of the gate 55 and our fear uh, issues around not having enough, not being enough, all coming up to the surface. And of course, Saturn always adds the element of a reality check. And how awesome is it that the reality check comes in Pisces, where we may need to form new boundaries, where we may have to remember that, you know, to create a boundary or to release a boundary, depending on the situation in your own life. So it's a pretty empowered moon. Biggin. Okay, so let's do a card. Christine, since you were the one that mentioned pulling a card for the collective, do you have a deck in mind that you would like to see? Um, if so, give it to me. I think I'm going to do a dream weaver and I'll do that while, uh, you're telling me if there's a specific kind of card you want to. The dream weaver Oracle is by Colette Baron Reed, um, a lovely deck with some very wise cards in it. So let's see what we have for the collective and also goddess or animal. Okay, good. Um, I'll pull an animal, I think, because the I put the goddesses way over there. I don't know why. Time to move them closer. Oh, we have a card that flew out. And, oh, that's funny. The one that flew out is the one that matches the cover. The cover of the deck, right? And it says, if a cat curls round the moon. How appropriate. If a cat curls round the moon. It is card number 36, which is a nine. Which sort of is intuitive and psychic. Uh, endings, maybe, maybe some drama. We'll see, maybe an end to the drama. Mm, that'd be nice. The essential meaning of if a cat curls around the moon is letting go of codependent relationships, the value of interdependence. You know, that T-square reminds me of this because the opposition is across the north and the south node. What we're releasing is codependence and moving toward individual expression. But that also means that we're interdependent in that process. If a cat curls round the moon, it's a sign to release yourself from your enmeshments and claim the freedom and independence to be your own person and have healthy boundaries. If you've gone along just to get along or engaged in people pleasing, you might be concerned about the consequences of saying no. What would happen if you set a boundary and chose what you really wanted? Don't give your power away to someone else's reactions. It's more important to choose what feels right and true for you. Celebrate your uniqueness too. Choosing to do things your way doesn't mean you're doing anything to promote endings or drama. It's a healthy separation to have your own views, your own perspectives, and still be engaged. Codependent relationships are always unhealthy and unsupportive in the long run. Speak up, share your mind, and be okay with learning from others who have different ideas. You don't have to agree with them if it's not right for you. As people, we need each other. We weren't built to live on our own, and now you are being wholly supported as a unique being, able to love and be loved and be yourself, allowing healthy independence to replace the sticky quality of draining relationships. Rewrite the contract, right? Renegotiate. No matter what your inquiry, when a cat curls around the moon, it's a sign to step back and assess what you really want. 
how you really feel and how you want to feel. Only then can you step forward. You can't go wrong. That is a very good card. Well, now I lost the card somewhere in the mix here, but here's what the card looked like. Okay, and let's pull an animal spirit card. And on Wednesday, I will be on air again, eight o'clock, usual time, but with Tam to talk about September. And I'll have the goddess cards ready and we'll pull a goddess card since September is mostly Virgo energy, the goddess, right, of plenty, the goddess of health, liberty. We'll find some good stuff. Ah, antelope spirit says life is speeding up, but it was upside down. So we know that's in protection, but life is speeding up. Card number two. I find that fascinating. Oh, there's that card. Uh, I find that fascinating because Uranus is at gate two in our human design, the gate of allowing, not necessarily the gate of speeding up, but Uranus can add to the feeling of that speeding energy. So Antelope Spirit says, do you feel how fast the world is changing? Like everything is moving at warp speed? It's hard to control desired outcomes or set fixed goals because by the time you get there, in quotes, you will actually have moved beyond it. Now is the time to let go and enjoy the exhilarating ride as intentions you have set in motion in the past are coming into form with lightning speed. Your job is to stay the course even if the pace feels dizzying. You may find you may find you will change your mind a half dozen times or more as you improve your offerings. And that is just fine. <laughs> Make peace with the pace. For if you ride this quickening energy, you will solve challenges quickly and effortlessly instead of being bogged down. The best way to use this energy is to let go of worry and stay mindfully present as you continue to take action. Also, if something is not going to be in your best interests, no matter how badly you want it, Antelope will quickly remove it so you can move toward what is truly meant for you. If something is taken away, be grateful and keep moving. This is not the time to sit still, but to breathe deeply as you move forward with velocity. There we go, our two cards. We have the cat curled around the moon and antelope, right? That takes us through to Wednesday at least. Uh, they are really good cards. Thank you, Christine, for reminding me to do that. All right, you all, that is it for me today. Remember, I'll see you on Wednesday morning, same time, same place, 8 a.m. Only I will also have Tam with me to talk about what's coming up for September. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.